How's everybody doing this morning? God is good, isn't he? You know, it's Resurrection Day, and I love Resurrection Day, uh, just because this is what Christianity is. If, if you're wondering what it is, this is what it is. Uh, Jesus rose from the dead, but that's not all. You know, I've heard people, uh, you know, been in comas for a long time, and they come out of it. That isn't the significant fact about it. The significant fact is that when he died, he paid for our sins. And the Bible says the power of sin broke because he took our debt of sin upon himself. And then death lost its power. Sin lost its power and death lost its power. And so when Jesus was in the grave and sin and death lost its power, that's when he rose. The moment it lost its power, Jesus rose from the dead, showing that its sin and death has no more power. And we all know that we're going to die. How many know that you're going to die? Okay. Is anyone already dead out there? But listen, the Bible talks about two deaths, that there are two deaths. One, physical death that everyone will experience, and then a second death where you stand before God with your soul. And you either go with God to be with him forever, or you choose to be on your own forever, which is separation from God. Now, I don't understand how anybody would want that, they either don't know who God is or just decide that they can survive eternity without God. And I'm telling you, you cannot survive eternity without God. Okay? And so uh, today I'm going to talk about the resurrection, and uh, I hope hopefully that God will share some insights with you and that you'll be supercharged because I certainly am. I'm holding way back. <laughs> Father, I thank you uh, for each person here. Lord, you know them. Lord, even if they didn't want to come this morning, you know who they are. Lord, you love them. You care about them. And Lord, I know it's not about religion. Lord, it's not about uh, being at the church. It's about the message, what it means, what you have to say. Lord, and I pray that that message would open our hearts and eyes. Lord, I, I pray, God, that you would put power in this gospel. Put power in it, Lord. Raise the dead areas of our lives Bring it to life so that we can experience you. I pray for your grace to be upon us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, Jesus knew about his resurrection. I'm going to go right into it. This is where Jesus says, you know, he, the Old Testament and the New Testament was all about this day that there'd be a new power and sin and death would be gone. Jesus says it while he's there on the earth. He says, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days, he will rise. Now, not a super encouraging message if you're following Jesus, okay? Because you're thinking, okay, when are you going to take down the Republicans and the Democrats, <laughs> right? When are you taking the Libertarians down? When are you going to take those that are seceding from the nation down, you know? It's like, when, when, when? And it's like, you know, last week we talked about, you know, Passion Week, him coming into, entering Jerusalem, and it's like declaring his victory and saying Jesus Christ is king and then asking when is he going to take power when is he going to change our political structure so that we have the voting rights that we have so that a b assembly bill 20105060603 passes so that my whole life changes not realizing that God works on the inside whether the law passes or doesn't pass God's power is internal 
It's, it's like the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness, you have to constantly surround yourself with things that make you happy. But joy comes from the inside. God wants to redeem our internal side. And this is where he redeems. And we have hope in our religion. I'm going to talk about that in our three points. I'm making three points about what happens when Jesus died. And then I'm going to say the fourth one, what happens when Jesus rises? What does it mean and what does it prove? And understand that religion will not save you. I don't care if you go to church every day of your life. I don't care if you give 20% and you never redeem your free latte coupon. Okay? It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if you smile all the time. Religion and your works will never save you. Okay? I know. I know. This is a, you picked the wrong church this morning. You said I should have picked one that my attendance would have paid off a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it is because you get to hear good news. That you're free even when you're at home. That God is with you and he'll be with you as you drive home. He'll be in the car. And then when you get home, he'll be in your house. When you go to the bathroom, he'll be there too. (laughs) Amen? Amen. It's not like the Lord leaves you and goes, okay, tell me when you're done. (laughs) You know what I mean? The Lord is inside of us. Amen? Amen. And he has made all things holy. Don't expect me to explain that to you. (laughs) But he has. Now, Romans 3.20, this is Paul speaking. He says, no one. Can you say it with me, no one? No, no one. Just say, turn to someone and say, that means, you. that means you. That means you. No one will be declared righteous. No one's going to stand before God and we're going to get the trumpets. Righteous. No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, by the rules and by the regulations. Nobody is going to go, I did it all. And boy, I just nailed one thing after another, and I'm here. It's me, and you should be just like me. No, no one. Rather, through the law, when we hear the law, when we hear the things of right and wrong, we become conscious of our sin. So in other words, you hear, if you ever read the Bible and go, "Ah, I'm on the wrong end of this one. And then you turn a couple pages and you go, oh, that's good, that's good, oh, great, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then you read the next page, you go, oh, no. <laughs> and then you highlight it with your black highlighter, right? <laughs> Just to, to make sure you, you highlight it, right? Turn the page. No one will be declared righteous in God's sight. I think Paul understands the, the doctrine of the gospel. In, in other words, Christ didn't come. I'm going to die on the cross. Why? So that you do good works and earn your own salvation. Think about how ridiculous that sounds. And then he says, but now, apart from the law, everyone say, apart from the law. So separate from the law, separate from the rules, separate from the regulations, the righteousness of God. So we can't be made righteousness, righteous by the law, and no one will be declared righteous. Say no one. No one, but now something apart from the law, apart from the rules, apart from the regulations, the righteousness of God has been made known. Now, to which the law and the prophets testify. So if you read the law, the law will tell you that this is what's going to happen. When you read the prophets, they'll tell you this is what's going to happen. They all tell about the coming Christ. That's what makes the Bible so spectacular. It's like you have over 40 authors, you know, over, you know, three or four different continents from different walks of life over, you know, 13, 1400 years telling us the same exact story, the revelation of Jesus Christ. In fact, it finishes with that book, Revelation, which is Jesus Christ being revealed. 
he says, the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, the gospel of John uses that word faith. It's the Greek word pistis or pistuin. It says faith. It uses it 99 times, but only one time, I mean, not even one time it's used the word repentance in the book of the John. Not one time. Because the gospel and the good news isn't your repentance. Because if that was the good news, then he would, God would have just come down. Forget the cross. He would have just come down. He goes, all right, hi, guys. Go, hi, God. How you doing? All right. So repent. And if you make it, I'll see you up there. Good luck. <laughs> you, don't even bother trying. <sighs> you are too far gone, trust me. I've seen your life. In fact, all of you are too far gone, but just give it a shot if you can. <laughs> Aren't you glad the Lord isn't like that? Amen. That, that Jesus comes and he says, I have come to save the people. His message isn't, I have come to see if you can save yourself. Right? Because that's a short message. <laughs> Gabriel, strike those down that won't make a Boom! Oh, where's everyone at church? Where's the pastor? Where's everyone else? (laughs) Listen, he says, it's through faith in Jesus Christ to all who what? To all who what? It's believe, to all who believe. Not just a general belief. I believe there are puppies and there's God out there too. That's not the belief I'm talking about. The belief I'm talking about is what has been accomplished. That he has accomplished this great thing. Now, my sermon here is what happens when Jesus died, what happened? And there's going to be three things that you're going to realize that are amazing, and that's why you need to celebrate. That's why this is a celebration. Easter is a celebration. And it's for everyone here. There's no, there's not a few people here. You go, man, I got stoned last night. It's not for me. If you got stoned last night, it's for you too. Okay, it doesn't matter what your background it is. It doesn't matter what sin you're stuck in. Trust me, we all got stuff. There's the good news is for every person. Here we go. Number one, when Jesus died, the illusion of religion, the impression, the facade, the appearance of religion died. The control of religion died because no longer were you going to follow the law and the rules to try to justify yourself. No one was going to go, I was at church every week and I did this and I did that. And God's going to go, well, then you pass, but, but you don't pass. Because there's a righteousness apart from the law. Do I hear Amen. Okay, so Ephesians 2.8. Most know this scripture, but I'll start off with it. For it is by grace you've been saved. It's by grace. It's a gift. It's a present you got through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by work so that who can boast? No one. No one. No one, no one will be declared righteous by the law. But no one will boast. No one will brag. This is important to God. Not because God's up there going, I'm the only one who's going to brag about this. That's not God's heart. God's saying, he's saying, trust me, no one, no one that you know is going to brag about this. That's why the pastor can't come up here and go, oh, look at American Van Ray, look who I am. I never can preach myself. That's, you'd be bored. Trust me, you'd be interested for about a week. And then it would be boring. Listen, Look at what Paul says as he closes, gets to the end of Romans. He says, my hearts and desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they be saved. He goes, I want them to be rescued. I want them to see and experience this good news of Christ. I'm going to preach it to them. 
And he goes, and I can testify, I can promise you that they are zealous for God. They're totally zealous. They, they believe God and they're going after God. He says, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. He says, he, and understand, they're super religious just like our culture is. And everybody's on their quest for God. They wanted to make their own path. Oh, this is the way and that's the way. And he says, but they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own. Religion establishes its own set of rules. Do these. And people think that's what Christianity is. What's your rule book? Well, here it is. We, you know, we're, we're against this and we're for this and we're for that. If you could check all these boxes, you can be a Christian too. Really? I think the gospel is about what Jesus Christ did, not about what we did. You, don't th- you think you're, as soon as you came to Christ, boom, immediately you knew everything that was right and wrong? No, God reveals it personally to you, and he unveils his truth through his word. Amen? Amen. Now, so when Jesus died, the illusion of religion and its ability to save you died. Number two, when Jesus died, the dominion, okay? When I mean sin's dominion, I mean its its dominance, its capability, its, its leverage and longevity, its, its way to conquer your life and rule over you over a long period of time, like, it, like sin's ability to say, I got you. That is diminished. That is diminishing. And look, look what he says. By one man, the sin entered the world, and the death by the sin. Here, who has sinned here before? Okay, who sinned worse than you? Point at him. That's my line. By one man the sin entered the world, and by death the sin. So the death passed on to all men because all have sinned. Okay? So we've all sinned, and we brought death in the world. And sin has its rulership in us. And that's why when you try to quit one thing, it shows up in another thing. You know, you go, I'm going to be better in my eating. And then, you know, so I get better in my eating, and I start to look better, and then I get prideful. I go, huh, I look pretty good. Then I go, huh. And then God starts to convict you of that. And it goes from one thing to the next. And it's, you need God's power to bring restoration, to drive out the sin. Now, when Jesus died, he died once to break the power of sin. Now, imagine that when Jesus died, imagine the Old Testament, that, that what they used to do is, is they'd have the priests go in and make offerings for the people's sin. And so they would tie a rope around his leg and then they'd bring him in to the most holy place where God's presence dwelt in the temple. And, and then he would offer sacrifices. And, and they'd, they'd kill a lamb or kill something as an offering death for death. And the minute he was done, the next year they'd start all over again because everyone was sinning all over again. But with Jesus, it says, by one sacrifice... He made perfect those who are being made holy. He made perfect, past tense. He made them perfect with one sacrifice. Imagine that holy place year after year, hundreds and hundreds of years, how bloody that place got. You know, if the priest did anything wrong, he would die and collapse in there and they'd have to pull him out. He wasn't holy enough to be in there. He didn't offer the right sacrifices and they'd pull him out. It wasn't because God wanted to kill a bunch of animals and he was sadistic. What happened is is God was trying to show you, to show me the consequence of sin in in the light of eternity, that it brings death. 
And now Jesus Christ, think about it. He paid the price for you. You don't know Easter's about you. It's all about Jesus. No, it's about you. Jesus Christ paid for your sin because he cared about you. He wanted to be, he wanted to draw you into eternity. And when sin had its work, he conquered its power. And that's why when Jesus Christ came, he never sinned. Listen, there's all kinds of heroes in history. Gandhi, you name it, who did great things. Mother Teresa, incredible people that did awesome things. But they all sinned. You can read their chronicles, right? I can write you really cool things. I was involved with this, and look what God did here. And then they go, what about that? You go, okay, well, I did sin. And then if you were my family, you'd know even more of my sin. And if you were my wife, you'd know all of my sin, right? And if you were me, you'd know even more of my sin, right? Listen, he got rid of the dominance of sin. God made him who had no sin to be sin. He became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You want your religion? Well, then you have to account for your own sin. Good luck with that because that's going to be tough. When Jesus died, the dominion of sin died. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the temple was torn in half, his body was broken, and he took the debt that was yours upon himself. All the debt and all its consequences before the Father. And when that happened, sin, which had control over him, lost its power. But there's still one thing that has to be conquered. Number three, when Jesus died, the power of death died. I mentioned it. We die twice. There's two deaths. The first death is the physical death. All of you will experience that. I will. You will. You start in diapers. You end up in diapers. Right? Isn't that true? You know it. Right? When you're in your 20s, you're like, oh, I'm never going to die. And then 30s, you know. And then you start, as you start to get older, you start to go, oh, I can't walk the same way. And people in their 60s and 70s, you know, then you start having things to help you walk. And then pretty soon you can't move around and then someone's changing you. Right? That's where it goes. And then eventually you die and everyone will die. No one has defeated death except for Jesus Christ. And so death, he says, the wages of sin. Like what's the consequences? You know, I close a deal. I'm a salesman and I close a deal and I get a commission. My wage for that work is a, I get a debt. I get paid for it. Oh, thank you. Now the wages for my sin and the work that I've done there in my sin, my, my payment, what's my payment? Death. Now, if you have never sinned, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You're good. You're good. You don't need Jesus. Trust me. You're fine. You don't need Jesus at all. You're just fine. You'll stand before God. He'll go, did you sin? You just go, no. But if he brings out a camera that you didn't notice (laughs) on that one alley, you're over there going, Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, it's that one thing. It's like, you know, it's like, here, here's, is there any more cupcakes? No. Did you look at that? No, I never looked at her, I promise. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? The rest of you are liars. See, I just wanted to confirm that the church is full of liars and hypocrites. 
right? You never have to wonder. The church is so full of hypocrites. Come on in. We can take another. <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> Listen, because God's children are human beings, they're made of flesh and blood. The Son, the eternal Son of God, had to become flesh and blood like us so that he could be like us, live pure, and not have consequences, but take the consequences in our place. That's the only way it could be earned. It didn't cost you anything, it's grace, but it cost Christ everything. For as only a human being, he could die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Sin's wages are death. You, you, you and I both know this. You know when you start sinning in something. I don't care. I, I, I'm like you. I fall short of my own standards, let alone a holy God standards. I fall short of society standards at times. I fall short of my own standards at times. And I fall short of God's standards all the time. So many times. And I don't want you to think God's up there going, I don't like you. I can't believe you fell short. This is why the good news is so good. Before you were even born, Christ died and rose again. That means your sin's been paid for by the time you were born. This is the goodness of God. Amen? Listen, how many want to receive Jesus as the Christ? Just say, I want to be saved by Jesus. Just say, just say, just say, he paid for my sins. And the payment is complete. Because he died to pay for him. Say it. And how do I know that? And how do I know that he paid for the death? Because when sin and death could no longer have power. Jesus could not be held in death anymore. And he just naturally, when the payment was complete, it's all finished. Imagine the father doing the last transaction with the credit card. Debt is paid. Sin is paid. Forgiveness is restored. Law and prophets. He's running the card. And then he goes, shoot, the last Jesus card and it's done. Paid in full. And our debts go, nothing. And Jesus is in the grave in human form. The minute that happens, Jesus, <sighs> sin and death has been broken. Amen. This is great news. Listen, this is why you can't find imitation religion. Because it was never about religion in the first place. The only one that could possibly have paid was Jesus. Imagine Jesus didn't pay. Imagine you just lived and he said, you, you, have, you can't fall short, but you just have to live up to, to what God's standard. And God is the only one who's lived in eternity. He knows what the standard is. And so he doesn't die. He just says, be good. And so you're good. Your whole life, you're incredible. And you die and you're good even in eternity. You're good a million years, a billion years, two billion years, but that third billion, I don't know, something's bugging you. You know, you start to see Lucifer flying around. You're going, gosh, his wings, I can't take it anymore. Right? Right in that one dream, you know, and your grandpa died, and you go, someday you go fishing with your grandpa in eternity, but you've been 10 billion times. You're just like sick of the lake. You, you fly fish for 100 million years. You're just sick of it. If they don't shut those harps up, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And just that, and then you sin, and then you get the consequences. Aren't you glad that Christ's redemption now gets you safe for eternity forever? 
It's the only way that this could have happened. It's the only way. Listen, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Jesus Christ who has destroyed death. And he has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He destroyed the power of death. You will not die. You will live. The second death will pass you by. Listen, it says, For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. In other words, Christ is going to be victorious over everything. There will be nothing reigning over Christ. And the last enemy to destroy is death. Think about this. How many enemies are left? None. The last enemy to be conquered was death, and it is done. I am in Christ. It's not, I, I believe the tenets of Christianity. No. I am in Christ. Because of what he did for me, I'm in him. And he is around me. His protection, his clothing of righteousness, and I am in him. And when I walk into eternity and the beam of the second death comes, Christ goes, you know, because I'm in, I'm going to go, oh, hey, here it comes, here it comes. Because I'm in Christ, his holiness is going to protect me. And then the Bible says that in a twinkling of an eye, I will be changed, right? And I'll be like Ira. I was trying to think of the holiest guy I could think of, and I thought Ira. So it's a compliment to Ira. <laughs> no, I won't be like Ira, because even him has late-night snacks of macaroni and cheese by Stouffer's. I didn't mean to expose it, but sometimes you just have to let it out. You know how much sodium is in there? A lot. And Ira, you're 85 now. You can't go backwards. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Listen, you want to know what Jesus says in the last days? You see it in Revelation where he reveals himself. He says, I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And then you're going to see, he pulls out, I hold the keys of death and the grave. This is the power of the redeeming God. He holds death and the grave, the keys. John says, Jesus said to her, this is Mary and Martha. And I'm going to get close. We're going to have some music here at the end. But Jesus says to her, because Lazarus, their brother, dies. And he's in the tomb. And it's been four days, which means he's rotten now. You know, his body, it's a corpse, it's, dark, it's a stank, you know? It's not smelling good. And then what happens is Mary stays back. That was her, kind of her tendency. And Martha just comes running out. She's the workhorse. Jesus, man, if you were just here, if you were just here, you could have changed everything. And, and that's how we want it sometimes. Lord, if you just come into my life and I just want you to change every circumstance, just make everything. And God is so redemptive. He comes in our circumstances and changes so many things. He's so faithful. But I'm so thankful that he works at a deeper level because he is going to call out just like he calls out to us where he says, Lazarus, come forth. Rise from the dead. And there are some here, our souls are dead. And there are areas of our life where our soul has died. 
You know, it's, it could be through hurt and pain and unforgiveness, the path, wicked things we've done or things that were done to us, unspeakable things. And how do we find redemption? And the Lord says, come out and find life. I'm the one who holds the keys of death. But I, am I have to earn it, religion? No, I've broke the illusion of religion. It's gone. You're, I have a new righteousness, and that righteousness is Christ. But, but what about sin? Sin has no more power. You'll feel its effect, but trust me, it's diminishing. It's diminishing. It's fading. In every of your life, I'll make it fade. It'll never reign supreme. But what about death? You will die. But whoever lives in me will never die eternally. And listen what he says. Jesus says to her, I, he doesn't, by the way, he doesn't do this. Uh, take out your book, Jesus' sister, and I'm going to read to you what the truth is. And I'll tell you what the way is, and I'll tell you what the life is. No, Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Well, let me tell you about the resurrection. This is how it works, and it's like this, and it's like that, and it's like this. Now, Jesus points to her. Martha, she's the one who's always busy working. Martha, Jesus, if you're just here. No, Martha, put your eyes, put your eyes, put your eyes. Fix them right here. Fix them right here. Look at me. Martha, Martha, Martha. Listen, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. Do you know that God can redeem you from any brokenness? It doesn't matter how deep. It doesn't matter how stuck. It doesn't matter how much despair. I don't care to what point of hopelessness you've reached. He could break its power. And he says, if you leave and leave in me, sorry for my spitting, he believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives by believing in me, and this is how we live. We don't live, we don't just believe for the moment. We live by believing in him. He who lives by believing in me will never die. When Jesus died, the power of death died. When Jesus died, number four, listen, this is the summary. Sin and death were defeated. Do I hear amen? amen. This is what happened. Sin and death, sin's controlling power, religion and its dominion, you know, death and its reigning power to end and make you live endlessly corruptible has lost its ever-ending reign. The debt you had was paid. The gospel is not how great you repent and how you do your Bible study. It's your debt is paid, sin and death were defeated, their power was lost. How do you know? How do you know what I'm saying is true? Because Jesus' death accomplished the debt and the sin death and the death death when death died. And how do you know? Like I said before, Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And as the Bible says in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God, who can separate us from this love of God? This isn't God going, oh, I'm going to have to make some kind of payment for them. Man, they're terrible. That's religion. The love of God compels us, Paul says. Jesus is motivated by the love of God. The everlasting, eternal love of the Father sent the Son. 
make redemption so that they can be with me forever. A plan from eternity past. God said, this is what I'll do and I'll have a people dedicated to myself forever. Do you understand how incredible good news this is? Stop trying to make yourself better and accept the good news. Jesus rose again. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Not height, nor depth, angel, or demon. Not any power. Nothing else in all creation. God has redeemed you. It is perfect, the sacrifice. You can't add to it. Just accept it. Why don't you close your eyes? We're going to hear a killer song, but I want you to respond to that. If that's you right now, and you say, Lord, I need, and it's all around the room, whether you've done it or not, just say, Lord, I put my faith in your resurrection, that you conquered sin and death and paid all of my debt. Do you believe this? That's what he asked Martha, and he asked her to Mary too. Do you believe this? So I'm not going to ask you if you're going to come to church again. I, I mean, I care, but I don't care. The reason is, is because I want to ask you the Christianity question, the the saving question. Do you believe this? If that's you, can you just raise both hands to the air and say, I believe. I believe. And just say, Lord, I believe. I believe in what you've done. I receive it. I accept the free gift. I'm not going to go try to pay for it. I'm not going to get a second job to try to earn it. I'm not going to sell my bank account. I'm not going to get more credit cards. I'm just going to accept the gift and say, thank you for salvation. You accept me exactly where I am. And Lord, you love me enough not to leave me where I am. You'll change me, not by religion, not by rules. You'll change me from the inside of my soul. You'll redeem me. So come, Holy Spirit, live in me. Jesus' name. And let this song, for the blood of Jesus, 